Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is with my good friend, Elliot Charles King. We go down the rabbit hole on all kinds of issues, as we always do here on Esoteric Gladiator. I thoroughly enjoyed this podcast. Elliot's got a lot of insight, wisdom. He's a creative being, heart full of love. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I did making it. Check it out. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy, and today I'm joined with a special guest, a friend of mine by the name of Elliot, who I met on the island of Kauai probably about nine-ish, nine-and-a-half-ish years ago, something like that, huh? Yeah. Um, Elliot was uh, staying with my girlfriend's family at the time, and uh, I met him. And he was like a traveling musician slash artist and just a, an all-around general kind spiritual soul. And uh, I, I liked him right off the bat. He liked to laugh. He liked to joke around and uh, seemed to be a deep thinker. So we reunited on Facebook, and I was just like, I hit him up. I was like, damn, bro, Like it seems like you and me are kind of... We have a lot of very similar opinions and, and views, and uh, I think our views are, are very important right now, and uh, we need to share them with other people. So I asked him onto the podcast this morning, and he's like, oh, I'm free. And I was like, oh, shit, I, I don't have to be tattooing anyone for a few hours. So let's do a podcast. And here we are. Sweet. Awesome. So, Elliot, do me a favor, and uh, we met in Kauai. You were traveling, uh-huh. right? Yep. And uh, now where are you? I'm actually in uh, Spokane, Washington. And I'm in and Port Angeles, Washington. At- Small world, huh? Yep. So uh, are you still are you still doing music and stuff? Yeah, for sure. Um, not nearly as much as I have at other times, but uh, I'm – cranking out a song every now and then, put it on my uh, SoundCloud and Elliot Charles King. Elliot Charles um, King? Yep. Yeah, go ahead and, and, and give him the info for that. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, let me just one sec, pop over to the SoundCloud, and I'll give you the exact info. That's uh, E-L-L-I-O-T-T Charles, C-H-A-R-L-E-S King. So SoundCloud.com slash Elliot Charles King. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And w- and when I first met you, you were playing like what seemed to be folk music. Are you still on that general flow? or you... Yeah, a little folk, a little Beatles-y influence kind of stuff. I love, I've loved Elliot Smith for years, but also been experimenting with some rap too more recently. What's crazy uh, is I just ordered an Elliot Smith t-shirt literally about Five days ago. <laughs> nice. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so uh, been doing rap for a few years now and uh, just get honing my freestyle game. Uh, I got the rap chat app and I just like turn it on and just start freestyling to see what comes out. Oh, nice. And it's fun. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm no little dicky or anything like that, but um, I do like uh, freestyling. It's fun. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, freaking. I used to do. I did hip hop for years. Um, I can still, I can still lay down a fucking rhyme if I have to. I definitely right haven't lost my fucking my poetic abilities. Um, and I know a lot of people that they like hear you know me say that, and they're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, right. This guy just." But no, I used to fucking <laughs> and still could destroy the mic if if I get my hands on one. Um, right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I try. I try to anything I do. I try to be as authentic and clean and creative as possible, no matter what it is. So, I was the yeah, same it with hip hop. Totally. It, it seems like uh, there's really two classes of people: those who are in pursuit of authenticity and truth, and those who are in pursuit of what they imagine to be authenticity and truth, but call but is actually like the media and like other people telling them what to think and what to do. So yeah, it seems like there's those, and then there's the fence, people on the fence. They're like, well, I don't really know if there's such thing as truth. I listen to NPR, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting. I'm seeing how that split is getting uh, bigger and bigger. Like the people who are in pursuit of truth, they're, you know, they're not stopping and they're heading in the direction of that more and more. And uh, especially in lieu of, you know, recent events, recent world events that have kind of confirmed that um, the media is not really what we thought it was. Uh, our our um, presidential election system isn't really what we thought it was. And of course, lots of people have known this, but the people who know it yeah. seem to know it even more and more. And the other people are sort of like burying their heads in the sand and turning to things like Snopes as evidence for why they're trustable. And uh, it's a strange phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I like, like I said, I've said in my podcast before, I instantly knew when nine 11 happened that it was an inside job. I mean, like on the spot, there was indicators. Number one, three, four hijacked planes. That's weird. (laughs) Number two, uh, fucking, one of the planes crashes into an empty part of the Pentagon. Wow, what a coincidence. That's weird. Number three, you know, they had the noble and honorable president sitting in a school, you know, giving his time reading to children. And I just saw that as a theatrical setup. And then number four was was like the next day they were talking about um, their passports were found in the rubble. I was like, Everything got fucking destroyed. How the fuck did you find their passports? Like, give me a break. Right. You know what I mean? And and, and the, the fifth one was just, um, it was the, like, I think, like, it was a few days or a week before I remember Donald Rumsfeld. I distinctly remember Donald Rumsfeld coming out and saying how they lost $2.5 trillion. And I was like, if the fucking IRS doesn't get 250 bucks, they'll be at your fucking door. These guys lost two point five trillion, and they don't know how it happened. Like, right? It yeah, just and reeks you know, of cover up. Yeah, not not you know not to harp too much on this subject because I know people have heard about it a lot. Yes, I don't know. If, I don't know if you know. I, I recently saw a video of uh, George Bush in that um, classroom, and they were actually performing a ritual. They were having yes. those kids. Yeah, they were having those kids say the word "hit," playing uh, um, kite, and. Uh, what was the other one? Plane. Plane, kite, hit, and something else. Anyway, steel or something like that. It was uh, really obvious 
there was some kind of ritual being performed, and uh, the media neglected to include that part of the video. So, oh yeah, it's just really fishy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that, you know that's the the predictive programming. That's the uh, mm-hmm. ritualistic. Um, you know the, the 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 black magic aspect that people like to ignore. There was just so many, like you said. I don't, I don't want to get too heavy into it, but there right, was right. a lot of like things on the spot that led me to get into massive arguments with my family members, right as nine eleven was happening, and telling them oh, yeah. this is this was done by our own government. I'm telling you guys, wake up! And I wasn't a conspiracy theorist, dude. You know what I mean? I right. wasn't like into conspiracies. I just mm-hmm. felt it on the spot. And, and like, I just, you know, I never looked back. And then, you know, lo and behold, within a few months, all these fucking documentaries with 20, 50 times more evidence and proofs that this being an inside job came out, things that I never even thought about. And Yeah, um, there's actually a very important video that if anyone's listening to this could check out. It's on a YouTube channel called Barely Human 11. And... Uh, the title of the video is Back to the Future Predicts 9-11. Oh, and yeah, I saw that one. an overwhelming amount of evidence yes. um, in order to believe that it was some kind of occurrence that wasn't planned ahead of time is absurd because the film was made, uh, what was it, made in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, late 80s, early 90s. And also you look yeah. at The Simpsons. The Simpsons had a bunch of predictive programming. Right. Yeah. There, was a, there was a few um, uh, movies. I think Escape from New York. Uh, there's there's a few movies that that had an alignment with the uh, 9-11 conspiracies or the pre-planned, uh, you know, event of 9-11, if you will. Right. This was a film made in 1989, as I'm looking at the date here. And, you know, I find really fascinating about it is uh, it was about a time machine, right? And uh, I don't know how much you've gotten into this, but I started a thread on my uh, Facebook wall um, just basically saying I I have had a revelation that it's better if Trump wins. And uh, it was because I came across this really overwhelming evidence that everything is uh, going according to plan. And what I backed that up with is basically that, uh, you know, in the film – Back to the Future, it's about a time machine, right? Yeah. And uh, Nikola Tesla, I don't know if you know this, but um, his birthday was just a couple couple days ago. Project um, Looking Glass? Yeah. Uh, uh, I, are you sure Tesla? I thought Tesla was a cancer. Uh, as far as I know, I just looked it up Let's yesterday. See. Gonna, I, I got to... But go on. Uh, tell tell me what you were saying. Uh, are, you, are you about oh, to talk so, about Project Looking Glass? Oh, no, not exactly. I was just going to say that, uh, yeah, so he was born on July 10th. Um, so, yeah, yeah that cancer. wasn't a couple of days ago. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Get your back um, straight, buddy. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so he supposedly had uh, papers on building a time machine. Yeah, I'd heard about and this. One of the first people that um, was supposedly exposed to that information after he passed away was was John Trump, uh, which is Donald Trump's uncle. Yeah, yeah. And it's just kind of interesting. It strikes me as interesting is that um, Biff Tannen, who is uh, played 
or who is modeled after Donald Trump in the uh, Back to the Future 2 movie, uh-huh. uh, what happens to him is he finds the almanac, and it gives him the ability to know what's going to happen in the future. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was symbolism kind of pointing to the fact that Donald Trump has access to some knowledge about what's to happen in the future. And that's how he was able to become president. Well, I've, um, I've, I've heard uh, that, uh, yeah, about, you know, his uh, uncle, John Trump, and how um, something along the lines of Project Looking Glass, which is a technology based off of, I don't know if, if it's that they, they have access to look into the future through a, an electromagnetic device, like television type thing or something, or, you know, mm-hmm. how they do it. But um, that's kind of what I'm under the, uh, the assumption that it's Project Looking Glass. So that it's probably like a television, but that they could see futuristic events. And what I had heard was, is the deep state or the satanic cabal out there that's, that's running everything, you know, had access to this information and they just kept, it kept leading that to the same equation that you can do this, you can do that. No matter what you do, you cannot prevent humanity from waking up. So you, uh-huh. can, you can do all these harmful events. You can murder all these babies. You can drink all this blood. You can rape all these children or women or whatever. Uh, you can, you can, you know, hold up the courts with false uh, allegations and impeachment hearings and all this stuff. But that's only going to prolong it. You cannot stop it. So mm-hmm. eventually yes. the people are going to wake up. They're going to see it. What I want to do really quick for yes. just for listeners, because mm-hmm. I don't want people to think, oh, he's a crazy Trump supporter or whatever. I'm not a <laughs> voter. OK, I'm not a registered voter. Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> but but I will tell you. As an outside observer, yeah, and you don't strike me as somebody who's overtly fucking political, Elliot, okay? Uh, <laughs> so, like, but as an outside observer, watching the uh, this political war unfold, I have to say I'm extremely, extremely dissatisfied and appalled by the way the left is handling things. I used to think... The Democratic Party was the sensible ones. You know, I I have always disliked classic George Bush era Republicans. I can't stand them. Stuffy, rich, white (laughs) scoundrels. Uh, But at this point, I, I think liberals take the cake for the most ignorant creatures I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because, of course, there isn't just this one entity called Democrat. There are, you know, human beings connected to each of those. But it does seem that there's a sort of hive mind ideology that's taking place that's playing itself out. And part of that is um, denial of the existence of God or yep. belief belief that the creator is some kind of wrathful, vindictive being um, and hatred towards the country, basically. Like like a desire to manipulate things for means that are really beyond my comprehension at this time. I don't quite understand what the purpose of it is other than the acquisition of power. Yeah. Um, And it seems like, it seems like it's not even really like a teamwork endeavor. 
it's kind of almost like everyone is seemingly in this group, but they're sort of divided amongst each other because it's not really like Joe Biden likes um, Bernie Sanders. You know, it's, yeah. it's not really like 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 Nancy Pelosi is friends with Joe Biden. So it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it's very to to. <laughs> Yeah, it's very divisive. It's so, very dividing. Yeah, there's yeah. so many different <laughs> levels, and just like when I look at like all these these movements and these platforms coming from the left, because like I said, I used to think like the classic liberals were the sensible ones. They didn't like war. They, they seemed to like liberty and freedom. And now it's just constant political correctness. If Donald Trump doesn't go to war over what they want, he's a and it's like, you know, like I just as an outside observer watching the way things unfold fold. It's like, okay, cool, we're going to do Black Lives Matter, which in my eyes at one point was was probably a very good movement, but it's since been capsized by people like George Soros, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, you know, all the money collected for BLM is going to wealthy white politicians. How does that help black people? And another thing that I notice is where the fuck is BLM during Chicago Massive shootings. Where the fuck is BLM to talk about the slavery and slave trade going on right now in Africa? Where is BLM to protest in front of McDonald's or or Coca-Cola or any of these other things that we see that are 10 times more uh, harmful, 50, 100 times more harmful than cops shooting blacks, which, by the way— when we when we see cops shooting blacks, half the times it's because the blacks they're not black, they're fucking criminals that grab for cops' guns or get violent with cops and they get shot. And I call that protecting myself, not racism. It's you know what I mean. It's like hey, that guy reached right. for the guy's gun. Like you know what I mean. Fuck that guy. And then then everybody wants to cry. Here's a good analogy. Everybody loved yeah. Tupac, right? Everybody mm-hmm. loved Tupac Shakur. Oh, Tupac, he, man, that motherfucker is awesome, right? I loved Pac, right? What happens? Tupac wants to live the thug life. What happens to Tupac? He gets shot, and all of a sudden, everybody's so surprised, and oh my God, how did this happen? Oh, not Tupac. It's like, dude, there's rules to this game. If you, if you want to live the thug life, you might get shot. And those are the rules. You don't just get to use it as some fashion world or, you know, some hip-hop cultural movement. No, the thug life is a real thing, and motherfuckers do get shot. That's what happens. So if you reach for a cop's gun or get violent with a cop, you might get shot, and you might have someone like me saying, damn, that sucks, but that motherfucker shouldn't have done that. That's what he gets. Yeah, anybody who's going to be involved, and sometimes it's not really their choice, you know, they're raised into the culture. Take Michael Jackson, for example. It's not really like he actually had a choice. He was a child star, like, basically at birth. So these people, you know, their lives are largely disrupted from the inside out, and they're really just playing, they're just playing their perfect role, you know. And and I, I I think you and I ultimately both understand that, that 
the divine is the puppet master behind all this. And yes. then, then there's these filters through which the um, people act. You know, some people act through the filter of uh, more of a service to self path. That's a term from uh, the law of one. Uh, basically just means they're in it for themselves. And the service to others path is where others act from, which is they're here to serve. They're here to serve from the heart and remind others that they are the one infinite creator. So, um, and then there's, you know, people who are kind of on the fence about that. Uh, And what you'll see more and more is people moving to the service to um, others path because there isn't anything fulfilling about the service to self path. A a really great film about that is um, I Am, uh, Tom Shadiak, the guy who did uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective and The Mask. Um, He basically said that he had all this money, all this wealth, a big mansion, and he realized that none of of it was making him happy. Uh, Jim Carrey? uh, Well, the guy who directed Jim Carrey films, He he has a he had a film come out a long time ago called I Am, and uh, he he just decided to give up most of his wealth and uh, realized that uh, it wasn't making him happy. Decided to start riding a bike, live in a smaller house, and um, these people I I think it's good they they lead an example to show us that um, that wealth doesn't doesn't necessarily make people happy, and uh, neither does having a whole bunch of things. So it's important to recognize that, the, for, at least for me personally, um, the most important thing to me is peace of mind. And if we have peace of mind in any circumstance, then we really rise above whatever it is that's taking place. So at times, we can dive into the complexities as long as we come back out, realizing that peace of mind is the most important thing. Um, I've been studying the Course a lot more recently, A Course in Miracles, and one of the things it focuses on a lot is uh, recognizing that your only purpose is to be the light of the world. So there's a quote in A Course in Miracles that says, I'm the light of the world, that's my only purpose, that's why I'm here. And if you can reside in that conviction, then it's recognized more easily that peace of mind is the most valuable thing. Um, so, yeah, when we get caught up in the stories, and we, and we inevitably do until yeah, we I'm completely choose. Yeah, uh, me too. If we completely choose spirit, which will eventually happen if we're on this path to awakening, um, then we will actually eventually have to let go of these relative constructs like politics and things of this nature. But as long as one you know wants to play in the field of consciousness, uh, it's perfectly fine. It's not like it actually harms God or anything. So we just have to really look at the relative aspects of our experience if we do want to be involved in the play and decide where to put our attention and energy. And I think a really good place is uh, is helping people recognize that what is most important in this life is to have a purpose aligned with that vertical channel that connects to the uh, source, you know, that so- connects to the creator. So check this out, like back to what you said about material, you know, possessions and money not making you happy. Last night I was on Facebook and an old friend of mine, uh, I was just scrolling and then I read this. This is what he said. He's out in California. He said, fire took all that I have worked for. 
The only sadness I have is for the lost hours that I so foolishly dedicated to earning so I could buy things and stuff instead of spending time with my friends and family. The mm. shit that, frankly, money can't buy. I feel freed from the ownership of my things and stuff that had over me. I'll be good, probably better. And I read that, and I was just like, that's the type of fucking mentality and consciousness we need to see more of. You know, like, right. it's horrific, you know, because I know this guy was a hustler, you know what I mean? Like, he mm -hmm. was... He was, he was, uh, he was putting it down out there trying to make his money, you know, and, uh, he always, he's always a really good generator. And I, I, I wrote a comment like for what you just said, it's that outlook that's going to bring you three times the amount of what you had last time or three times the amount of peace. You know what I mean? You right. will flourish yeah. with that mentality. Yeah, and it's only a matter of time. And sometimes we have to go through some experiences that show us directly that things and people, even relationships, aren't really what make us happy. And oh, yeah. uh, my my fo my focus at this point is to experience what the course calls perfect happiness. And a lot of people would say, "What perfect happiness? You can't have perfect happiness in the world." Well, it's true. You have to look beyond the world. Um, and the course it says. Uh, we have to, uh, instead of trying to change the world, we got to uh, choose to change our mind about the world. Hold on, we got dark spark for one sec. You little mutt! <laughs> Looks like that. almost done now. <laughs> yeah. Do do um, dog break. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to step out. Yeah, my, my buddy uh, Anthony, he's... Um, I'm supposed to have him on the podcast here in, in a couple of months. He, he wanted to wait. Cool. He uh, just wrote a book. But uh, he's been studying The Course in Miracles now for, I believe, about 15 years. And he is just a nice. super magical, enlightened being. That, uh, That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that uh, he... He brings a lot to the table as far as like spirituality goes and like consciousness goes and, you know, love, you know, just like yeah. I, I like I feel like I'm uh, in a lot of ways. I, I'm I'm the more uh, militant of the spiritualists. I'm very outspoken. <laughs> I'm very driven about it. I'm very uh, yeah. I, I study really hard and I'm very passionate about specific things. I also feel as though uh, I can, you know, say that I am somewhat of a master in psychological warfare just based mm -hmm. on the way that I grew up in, in like gang neighborhoods and jail and and even dealing with a lot of women in my life like, uh, you know, and not, that's not me being sexist. That's just me saying a lot. And even women will admit a lot of women like to play mind games. They will have you thinking that, yeah, you're the crazy one, even though you, you're having all this intuition about them doing crazy shit. And, and then <laughs> lo and behold, later you find out, no, you were right the whole time. So, well, there's, so something, there's something that I've learned about that, if I could share. Yeah. So uh, men, or we'll just say, you know, people who, the, the, the masculine gender of, the body that would be attributed to what we would call a man. Toxic uh, masculinity. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just Genuine. kidding. <laughs> so 
when we see a body and we go, that's a man. And I know these days there's like, what, 72 genders or whatever. But we'll just keep it real basic with the polarities here for a minute. The masculine polarity is active and conscious. And the the feminine polarity is passive and unconscious. So when there are these behaviors that play themselves out that seem like crazy making, it is only to bring to conscious light the things from the unconscious. So it's, it, even though it may seem like that feminine polarity is acting in unconscious ways on purpose, it's actually not the case. Now, I'm not saying you have to stay around that person. Yeah. <laughs> you can decide that they are you know, not your cup of tea, but it's important to recognize that a lot of times when these things happen, where there's unconscious crazy making behavior that it's not intentional and it's not meant to destroy someone's uh, peace of mind. It is actually Kali, the destroyer coming yeah. in and unearthing, uh, you know, unhealthy, uh, unuseful aspects of the psyche that just need to be dissolved into love. And sometimes we have to deal with the tough love aspect of that Absolutely. where something comes in. Yeah, where something comes in and it's it's really uh, ruthless. So about yeah, transmuting the energy. Yeah. So I I always tell that to people. They're like, oh, you're so this and you're so that and you're so angry and you're so vindictive and you're so paranoid and you're so this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. This is <laughs> this is I, I, this is me being loving. It's called tough love. And sometimes. Right. You know, we're, 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 we have this generation of, of coddled little brats that, you know, you know, are running around throwing tantrums everywhere because they either never got spanked or never got punched in the mouth. And so their lack of awareness in real life experiences has now made them fragile and weak and and unruly and and they're making demands like the world owes them a living because mommy and daddy never regulated their access to materials or wealth or whatever so they just feel like they're owed something and to me that's just it's unrealistic it's not natural so hey i'm the voice of tough love man because when i look at my life you know, a lot of times people tried to be nice to me and, and I just walked all over them or, or I didn't listen or, you know, and a lot of my lessons came from tough love or hardships, you know, mm-hmm. and they made like I think we were talking about before we, we got on the podcast, you know, going through hardships in life makes you appreciate the good things and it also makes you more aware of how to cultivate those good things within your life, you know. Because some things aren't sure. sustainable. We cannot live, as my friend Jeffrey likes to say, we cannot live in a perpetual state of orgasm like like a lot of these young leftists seem to think. We're going to just live in a perpetual state of orgasm with 85 genders and nothing mm-hmm. bad's ever going to happen and um, mommy and daddy government are going to take care of us. It's... It's it's like really bizarre to me that a lot of these people they they like they don't trust the government right now. Donald Trump's this mean monster and he's out to kill everybody and he's a racist and all that. Even though he was winning awards before he was president for hiring minorities, he's an evil racist and he's out to get everybody and this and that. They don't trust the government, but they trust the government to do communism and Marxism the right way. I'm like, how stupid do you have to fucking be? 
And people get offended because they say, how stupid do you have to be? I'm like, well, well, what else do you want me to call it? It's pure fucking stupidity. I, I can't, I can't, it's, we've seen it happen in, in a plethora of other countries. Communism well, leads to more death than religion by far. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because the course would refer to that as being sick minded. And what's interesting is that, um, being sick minded isn't even solely uh, relegated to that particular aspect of life. Being sick minded is is actually believing that you're a body and that you can get sick and die. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of evidence of that in the world of people believing that masks are going to keep them from dying or getting sick. Yep. And um, that's actually just fear. And I once read a quote that said the, the fear will kill more people oh, than, absolutely. than the virus. Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, I think I think that you know there's an energy that's invested in that 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 wants more fear and needs to create diversions like masks and things of this nature so that we're distracted from the real thing that matters, which is you know removing the blocks to love's presence so that we can really uh, radiate and express from a loving place and uh, not really getting super um like uh opinionated about what that love is supposed to look like love is love can be tough love love can be direct love mm -hmm. can be uh uncompromising in fact the the things that jesus talks about and of course miracles are very uncompromising he doesn't pull any punches you know he, he's he's saying that uh this is if you really want to experience the kingdom of God, you're going to have to give up all these things, this idea that, that little strips of paper are of value, that, um, you know, things like a vaccine could protect you. I mean, this is all in the course. And um, it's it's just that it seems as if some people have decided that they are only the body, that they're only the body, and that the body is isolated to a... Um, isolated to this particular form and those who are awakening are reminding themselves every day that uh, i'm not a body i'm free i'm still as god created me in, in some way shape or form um so it really is almost like a spiritual battle between the belief in matter and the belief in spirit yeah and and like you know i've I get into arguments about the mask thing a lot because I, I think like what I like to do is I also like to go back into history and I'm like, well, where in history have we seen masks before? Well, we've seen it in slavery and we've seen it in, in, in Islam with women, which is basically slavery. And we've seen it in China, a communist nation, which is basically slavery. And yeah. I tell people this is another ritual being played out just like the eyes wide shut Venetian mask rituals. Uh, you uh, are to be faceless and and you are to be voiceless and you are to be stifled and muzzled and this is to show you that you are lower class and you can look in like online I believe now it's in like Massachusetts or something where they're talking about wait making waiters wear dog cones I mean how fucking degrading is that you know and a lot of yeah. times people you know it's cl that's clearly a ritual right there a degradation ritual that's a class mm. ritual. They're trying to show you that you're a lower class, that you are below the beast. And for myself, people are like, uh, well, you know, you're just so condescending and, and this and that. And, you know, you need to be more humble. And I'm like, you know what? I'm humble with the creator of all things. I'm humble with animals. 
I'm humble with plants. With humanity, I'm a fucking militant ass drill sergeant for a reason. And you motherfuckers <laughs> need me now being this way more than anything. When, when, when you show me that you're humble, I'll be cool. But, but just because you talk about love and tolerance and diversity doesn't show me that, that you're humble. It shows me that you're fucking programmed, that you've been deceived by your media, by your tell-a vision, and that you're just parroting a narrative for a leftist Marxist movement that ultimately is hell-bent on controlling the population as well as a massive fucking genocide. Right. Hey, I'd love to get into this uh, aspect of life. I remember earlier I heard you talking about, um, you know, being spanked. And there's a lot of difference of opinion. I don't condone violence, and I don't think the solution to violence is violence. But I did come across this quote. I agree. That says, uh, my parents spanked me as a child. As a result, I now suffer from a psychological condition known as respect for others. Uh -huh. And I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. Another one I saw was, uh, um, I'm sick of people saying cops need more training. You had 18 years to teach your kid it's wrong to loot, steal, set buildings ablaze, block traffic laser people's eyes, overturn cars, destroy buildings, and attack citizens. Who yeah, and throw who? shit and piss on people. Yeah. They're so, literally doing. Right, and it, and it says, it says, who failed who? And I love that question. I, I know. Um, and and then the, the, the last part is, uh, I can breathe because I obey the law. And it's so interesting. You know, I always look at things through the lens of the Holy Spirit. So when I read, I can breathe because I obey the law, I immediately think, oh, yes, because I obey the, the law laws of nature, nature, because I obey the law of the one. You yeah, know? You, you, you obey the laws of nature. <laughs> yeah. That, that, <laughs> obey the law of the one infinite creator, which I am, which you are, which trees are, which air so, is, you know. So, Elliot, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things to say to people. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, cops are monsters and this and that. Okay, so check it out. If we know that half the cop killings uh, that happen with black people are because these criminals, I'm not going to call them black people, these criminals are reaching for guns or getting violent with cops or disobeying cops, and cops are scared and fear for their life. There's plenty of videos to, to suggest that when, when uh, people do whatever they want with cops, they get a hold of guns and they fucking smoke police. I've seen the videos as well. And, and, and I'm somebody who's gotten beat up by cops. I'm somebody who's been put in handcuffs and beat up by cops. I've had cops pull guns on me. I've been in jail getting beat up by cops, and I've been out of jail being beat up by cops. So for me to say this stuff, clearly I've come to a different place in my life. I see it through a different lens. So when I look at these videos of cops killing people, whether they're black, white, or whatever— what I do is I kind of apply that to nature, uh, natural law, which is God's law. It's infallible. If you disrespect it, if you disobey it, you're gonna get, you're gonna feel the wrath of of God's thug life. So, what happens is um, in nature, if I roll up to a bear in the forest and I want to pet it, uh, I'm gonna have to suffer the consequences. You know, I can't go running up to the park ranger and say, all I wanted to do was hug and love that bear and it ripped my arm off. Now we got to go kill it. It's like, no, that's a fucking mm -hmm. bear. You're an idiot. So if I've seen a thousand videos in the last 10 years of cops shooting people that disobey them or beating the shit out of people that disobey them, 
It's mm-hmm. pretty clear to me that I should look at cops as wild animals that might do that to me. So it's me looking at right. nature saying, oh, I not only do I need to avoid interactions with that wild animal over there, I definitely need to avoid negative interactions with that animal over there. Yeah, but Jeremy and Elliot, you're, you're, you're using your white privilege. Okay, first of all, I'm not completely white. Second of all, that's fucking <laughs> racist. Third of all, there's plenty of white people getting smoked and fucked up by cops out there. And fourth of all, melanin does not make you a fucking angel or lack of melanin does not make you a demon. There's plenty of tyrants throughout yeah. history of all colors that did fucked up shit. And people are ignoring that because here in America, they're mad at the white man that this is where we colonized. But they're not thinking about pre-America. To, to back to Native American times when they were a warring with each other or taking prisoners or eating each other or doing human sacrifices or, or keeping slaves or, or robbing from one another. They were doing that shit too, and people are ignoring that. Or the fact that blacks sold blacks to white colonials. The, 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 the black right. slave trade is still going on right now that nobody is talking about. Or the fact that the black slaves came here to America to meet the white Irish slaves on the plantations. Or the fact mm-hmm. that half of white America risked their lives to free the slaves because we saw it as barbaric, racist, and inhumane. And nobody likes to talk about that. In fact, they'll know that that shit is true, and they'll still try and silence you anyways because they are addicted to their narrative, and they have an ideology that they have to follow. Yeah, it really does come down to cognitive dissonance. I mean, there are many signs and symbols throughout media and also just in... Uh, what you know we would I guess we could most people think of as the real world I I don't really but um, you know as far as the information I've come across so far uh, George Floyd George Floyd was was not a saint you know he he went to jail five times had some kind of altercation with a pregnant woman involving a gun and also there were two other George Floyd type situations around the exact same time involving an I can't breathe scenario, one in Paris and yes. one in some other state. I believe it you was London. Look, yeah, London. London or Germany. It it's very clearly some type of Masonic ritual. Yes. And um, and you look at both who, Paris, London, Germany. These are liberal, democratic, socialist states. You know, the same way that George Floyd died in a democratic state, democratic city, democratic mayor, democratic police commissioner, democratic district attorney. It's all happening in democratic in, um, areas. Imagine that. Yeah, and for those who don't know this, uh, the man who supposedly stood on his neck, uh, he used to work with at a at a club. Yeah, Derek supposedly. Chauvin or whatever. I mean, yeah. here you go. We can look at, like, and then there was a recent police shooting where they, a cop shot a guy seven times in the back. I watched the video. The cop told him, don't move, don't move, don't move. He told him it multiple times. The guy didn't listen to the cops, ran around to the passenger side of his car, leaned in, and the cops fired on him. But what's crazy is right before I watched that video, I watched two cops dealing with a black American man in a situation mm-hmm. where they were where he wasn't obeying the law and they tried to cuff him and this guy fights with two big ass cops and holds him off and the cops are like 
they're trying to calm him down. They're trying to put him in handcuffs. The guy won't. And, and these guys showed amazing restraint, like for like a minute wrestling. And, it, and then finally this one cough is like, fuck this and starts punching this dude. Right. And I was like, damn, bro, you waited a while. I just started punching him right away. Um, and uh, that didn't work. Somehow the guy flips the cops off of him, uh, uh, runs to his passenger door as the cops draw on his gun. The cop starts shooting at the guy. The guy pulls a gun out of his car and shoots both of the cops down and takes off. And then, lo and behold, I see this cop uh, uh, or this this video, like literally within two hours of watching that last video. And that was mm-hmm. the thing that I thought about. I was like, this guy had every opportunity to listen to the police. This guy is also a criminal. Like like Candace Owens says, she's like, you know, it's really fucking embarrassing that the black community wants to protest over criminals. It's not like we're protesting over, like, you know, upstanding members of society. We're protesting over criminals who make bad decisions, and um, it makes us look really bad. Like, we're, like, the only community that, like, protests over criminals that make bad decisions. It really makes us ignorant, and I'm really tired of it. She said something along those lines, but it's like, it's like, yeah, dude, it's like— you know, like if if the cops are rolling up the streets and they're pulling out guns and shooting innocent black people like they were in the fucking 1950s and 60s and shit. Fuck yeah, fuck that shit. We're not down with that kind of racism at all. We're not down with any kind of racism. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is criminals are not listening to the law. And the law will get violent. We've seen it. And, and if you've seen it and you ignore it and something bad happens to you, Oh, well, should have learned. You're going to learn. Right. And most people are given a lot of warnings. Sure, there are a few situations here and there where there's someone open firing. But, you know, we don't even know all the details. So for us to jump to the conclusion that we completely understand the scenario and everything that's going on within it is, uh, you know, really quite arrogant. Um I think there's a fine line between those two things, though, because we also have to search our heart and decide what feels really true and right to us, um, given the fact that we don't always have all the information. And sometimes uh, we're just flat out lied to about how things happened. Um, In this case, you had a video, so you're at least able to observe. But we don't know. And you you know know what? Watching George Floyd and that last guy they were it was very hard to watch those videos like i don't want to see people die i don't want to see people get shot you know i don't care what color they are i I didn't need black lives matter to tell me that black lives matter i knew that Uh, and i'm not dissing black lives matter because as far as, as as i can remember it started out as a good group you know what i mean it was infiltrated like a lot of groups were in this country like a lot of corporations were you know, uh, it was infiltrated and watching those right. kind of videos hurt my heart and soul because I am an empath. I care about humanity and, and I do feel like there has been a lot of systemic racism in this country. And I do feel that, uh, you know, there was periods of time where blacks really, really had it bad. And, and I feel horrible about that. And I believe that you know, there's cellular memory in us, and a lot of and in a lot of the the Black American community is suffering from, um, you know, kind of like lingering remnants of post traumatic stress disorder from their ancestors, 
And I think that should be addressed as well. I'm not completely heartless with, with racism or, or anything like that. Like, I feel like, yeah, there's been a problem. There, there, there's been lingering remnants of it. Is it as bad as it used to be? Fuck no, not at all. And, and only a fool would agree that it is. But I, I do like the fact that people are standing up and saying we will not tolerate racism. But unfortunately, we're watching a lot of anti-racists become racists. And we're watching a lot of these people that, that are claiming to fight monsters become the monsters themselves. Right. Well, and that's because there's a, uh, a they're denying a part of their shadow or the unconscious is like uh, same thing in the case of Donald Trump. That's how he became president is uh, people judged a certain aspect of their psyche. And so then it has to become a symbol that everyone's forced to look at. And that's what that's what happens. We, we repress a certain aspect of our experience. And then some symbol has to show up and be like, look, this is a thing. This is a thing. And then for a long time, people are like, no, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to acknowledge it. That's not me. That's not me. That's you. That's you. I'm separate from that. No, you're not separate from that. And that projection of separation, it started all with the idea that we're separate from God, with the, uh, according to the course of the tiny mad idea uh, that which, that God forgot to laugh about. So uh, we forgot to laugh, you know, we, for, we, we take life uh, way too seriously. And then yeah. what ends up resulting are these very distorted manifestations, but it's actually all for us. And it's trying to help us see the absurdity of our belief systems. At the end of the day, that's mm-hmm. what all of this is really coming to show us. Uh, it just plays itself out in a way that might have to get louder and louder until people start to listen. And for a while they'll take it seriously. And then, Later, we'll be able to see the absurdity of it all. We'll look back and go, oh, my gosh, that was ridiculous. What the heck were we thinking? That, that is, is absolutely insane. I, that, that I would trust a, uh, a billionaire who started a computer company that created virus software and then provided the antivirus software to create a vaccine, that I could trust that person. I mean, it's completely insane. Yeah. Um, I know that that's on a completely different topic. Oh, we but should get into that one, too. It's all along the same lines. It's all along the same lines. Yes. Because it's our denial of our shared oneness, really, is what it is. We're, well, and, we, and we it's, really... it's people relinquishing their power to wealthy socio and psychopaths. And right. this goes back thousands of years. It's nothing new. It's nothing original, but the television, social media, your creature comforts all have you blind and delusional and full of your own narcissism, believing that you're so important that these wealthy psychopaths give a fuck about you and your family. They do not. You aren't shit to them. I'm not shit to them. Our whole family is not. They would squash us in a heartbeat. And for you to somehow believe that these people that were raised in satanic cults that were, you know, constantly sexually, mentally, physically, and emotionally traumatized and abused their whole childhoods, despite the fact that they're wealthy as shit, they did go through that. That's how you create monsters. And I tell people, you look at a lot of these people in corporations and politicians, they have the constitutions of serial killers. How are serial killers created? Through extreme trauma and abuse as children. 
Or, you know, in Lady Gaga's case or some of these other celebrities that, that you know, when they were teenagers when, when, when they got indoctrinated into these satanic cults or secret societies, uh, they got their, their MK Ultra programming then. But, you know, in general, you know, with nature, you know, if you look at a dog, there's two ways to fuck that dog up. Either you neglect that dog or you don't train that dog or a little bit of both, right? And then you could wind up with a, a violent dog. But if, if a dog is loved and it has proper trainings, you're going to have a well-behaved dog. And that, that that's the same thing with human beings. If you abuse and neglect or, you know, torture somebody, hey, you're going you're gonna to fuck the circuitry of that individual up and you're going to create a monster. And unfortunately, people don't like to look into the darkness. They're too scared. They're afraid. Um, so rather than look into the darkness like they should be doing, they're allowing the media to bring to them these conspiracy theories uh, and, and falsehoods of, of pandemics and things like that to uh, scare these people when they should be out doing their own damn research. Yeah. Um, in fact, I recommend if anybody's super interested in ritualistic abuse uh, to look into Fiona Barnett. Um, there's a documentary about her. Uh, I haven't finished it, but I started watching it and it's clear that she's not making this stuff up. She was, uh, it's six years old involved in a VIP circle of elites. And, uh, this is just not something that somebody would make up for attention. Uh, you know, another case is a woman who claimed that Joe Biden sexually abused her. And, uh, that's totally believable. Once again, nothing, uh, nothing, this woman has nothing to gain uh, because she didn't even actually uh, report it. What happened was that she told her mother and then her mother on Larry King Live asked a question about it. And then later, as he's now uh, possibly going to be, uh, or he's the presidential nominee, um, now it's coming up again. And when asked about it, Joe Biden clearly lied. There's a YouTube video where someone analyzes... Uh, his mannerisms, his behavior. I, I, I really don't understand how these people uh, turn a blind eye to this kind of behavior. Uh, it's clear that when they ask him if uh, she was abused and if he did it, then he's shaking his head up and down, but saying no, which is totally backwards. Yeah. Usually when someone says no, they shake their head from left to right, not up and down. And he says, I never did it. I, I never did it like multiple times. It's just very clear that there's something not being that he's not being honest. Well, about. you don't even have to rely <laughs> on that video. You can just look at Joe Biden's career as a whole, which people like to ignore. I mean, there's there's like I'm talking about countless videos of him lying and being racist on film. There's countless videos of him being inappropriate with children. On, oh yes, I've seen uh, <laughs> in countless videos, and and women. And just and women, violating yeah. people's space, and, and, and like like a pedophile would. Oh no, he's just like that. If you see something behavior like that, is just like oh, he's just like that. You're an idiot. I don't know what to tell you. There's my tough love again. You're stupid. You're unaware. You'd be the first person to die in a horror film. You're dumb, and you wouldn't have lived past fifteen, <laughs> five hundred years ago, and you probably won't be living much longer now because shit's going down. And only the smart and strong are going to survive. Joe Biden is clearly a pedophile. Joe Biden is clearly a rapist. Joe Biden is clearly a racist. He's clearly a liar. 
Hillary Clinton was all the above. And it's just like, it's like, it's the same narrative with this whole party. It's like, they're not defending black people that are subjected to racism. They're defending criminals that happen to have black skin. They're not running presidential candidates that are virtuous, honest, and want to protect children. They're running fucking criminals, right? What we can say as outside observers that aren't voting is when you look at Donald Trump is what president before him provided thousands of jobs for Americans of all nationalities and sexual orientations. He's the only one. Oh, he's a monster. What president won a fucking wards from Rosa Parks and Muhammad Ali for hiring minorities? He's the only one. I mean, you got Mike Tyson and Floyd Mayweather saying Donald Trump ain't racist. I love Donald Trump. He's my friend. Herschel Walker. I've been friends with Donald Trump for 30 years. We went to Disneyland together. I mean, these guys are intelligent black people that grew up in the ghetto. They would know what racism is more than anyone. These people made successes of their life. Uh, Mike Tyson and fucking Floyd Mayweather are boxers. They're tough. They're going to be the first people that are going to knock out a racist. But they love Donald Trump. I actually just saw a video. This was a trip on CNN, a YouTube channel. You can check it out where Mike Tyson talks about uh, how a recent DMT trip changed his entire outlook on life. Yeah, Um, he was was doing uh, the frog medicine. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. he said that it just it, it changed his whole life. He realized that none of the accomplishments or things that he owned or money mattered at all. So that's been happening with more and more people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I don't want I don't want to be sound like I'm you know like out there just bashing rich people or whatever because I believe no. that there's a lot of great rich people out there that are sure. woke as fuck and and throughout history because there's a lot of poor pieces of shit. There's a lot of rich good people as well right right yeah. uh, unfortunately for all you bill gates supporters he's not one of them um right and they're like oh he's a philanthropist <laughs> he donated billions of dollars it's like give me a break you know some of our family members won't loan us 50 to 100 bucks but bill gates is just some earth angel shelling out billions <laughs> and, and oh, it's so funny it's another rich white guy you know vaccinating black children across the world and now lo and behold they're getting sick with polio and all this other shit but they don't have the resources or the voice or the power to speak up and speak out against what he's been doing in their countries so it just kind of goes unchecked and there's a wonderful uh link that my partner heather sent me uh it's a space of love.com no www but it's just http uh, you know, colon slash slash a space of love.com. And there's a bunch of documentaries on there about vaccination and Bill Gates. And um, yeah, if people were really willing to expose themselves to this content, they would be raising some eyebrows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and yeah, it's, it's questionable. And then you look at like Bill Gates on film in general. I mean, how many videos do we got to watch about this guy laughing about a pandemic? or laughing and bragging about depopulation or laughing and bragging about like, like it's like he gets off on giving children shots. I mean, he's like bragging about it and, and laughing the whole time. It's like, what kind of 
dumbass do you got to be to not see the psychopathic sickness of this individual whose father was also a eugenist that worked with the Rockefellers and uh, Margaret Sanger and all these sick racist weirdos, right? I mean, give I think me I, a break. Yeah, um, I don't know if you have ever seen the film Lucy with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Pa, uh, I don't know. Oh, well, I highly recommend it. It's a good movie. But anyway, near the end of the movie, it's kind of like there's this experience of she's starting to transcend this plane. And there's these guys from the beginning of the movie with guns who came after her and they're like going to get her. And the guy's got the rocket launcher and he shoots a rocket at the door that she's supposedly behind as she's going through this uh, final transformation. So it's kind of like a symbolization of awakening. Uh-huh. And I th- I think that's what's happening now. It's, it's, it's like the the light will the darkness will never catch up to the light, but it will almost look like that's what's going to happen, and then it won't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another really good. And, hey, Elliot, I love natural law. I love God's law. Here's a good one. You can bring a candle into a dark room and illuminate it, but you can never bring darkness into a light room and cause an effect. There you go. That yeah, right perfect. there. Perfect. Nature nature reveals everything to you. You know, and I was recently going off on atheism and scientism and uh you know, a lot of people have a hard time because right now the word of God is scientism. Oh, you believe in science, don't ya? And I'm like, dude, these scientists could be bribed just like politicians and there's plenty of examples that they have been. Right? There's yeah, there, there's actually, yeah, there's actually a fantastic article by Bentinga Massaro, and he's been talking about this more recently, that science isn't even really science. No. Um, because they're making an assumption that the world exists, and they don't even actually have proof. So they're starting with a false premise. Um, so they're not, it's, it's, they're not looking at things on a quantum level. And uh, this is really problematic, because whatever we expect to see, that's what's going to appear. Um and so then they take their biased perceptions and blanket other people with them because those other people are just like, oh, well, they're scientists, so they must know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, they don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea what they're talking about. Yes, it's true that science has brought about some things like the airplane and light bulbs and things like that. But what people don't realize is that that's really, uh, that's really archaic. Yeah, those are just for-profit inventions. They're not. That's not really science. That's <laughs> for-profit inventions that benefit select groups of people. And and if you want to call that science, all of these inventions leave harmful after effects, chemicals, residues. Uh, they're not good for our environment. A lot of them. And hello, we're guilty of using electronics and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to escape that in today's day and age. But if there right. is a better way, I, I would I would do that way. And I believe there is. I just believe that a lot of that, you know, science has been suppressed. And uh, I always say, if the science that you're touting is so amazing, but it leaves harmful after effects or only benefits a small group of people, that's not science. That's called black magic. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> it's coming from... A, an agenda and yeah. whenever there's an agenda and the agenda isn't unity and the agenda isn't service to others and it isn't coming from the heart then the results are really going to be mixed 
and uh, not pretty. Uh, we could take example. A lot of people don't know about this, but you know, Bill Gates going into uh, countries like Africa and India and doing tests, uh, vaccinations, and then it caused all kinds of problems for the people there. And now they're back again because of the coronavirus, uh, doing doing the tests again. And this this was all initially covered up, but it's it's on that website, um, a space for love. A space for love documentaries. Yeah, you know. Well, um, well, here's another funny thing about all that is 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 people they 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 back to cognitive dissonance when you when you if you want to believe history and you want to be racist believe in racism and all this stuff this crazy racism everywhere. How come none of you guys are talking about the Tuskegee experiments where wealthy white politicians and corporations and scientists decided that they were going to inject things like syphilis into the black community and watch over a 40-year period the prolonged effects of things like this? It's called the Tuskegee experiments. I believe it started in the 1940s or 50s, and it carried on for like almost 40 years and that's to me is what Bill Gates is. He's a modern day Tuskegee experiment guy. You know what I mean? Because let's be honest what a vaccine is. It's a synthetic derivative created in a lab based off what could be created from natural compounds that don't give you harmful side effects. I mean, you watch commercials with, with you know, these pharmaceutical companies. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll lead you down this hopeful, whimsical, Alice in Wonderland fantasy-based reality with flying butterflies and unicorns. And then for like five minutes after the commercial, they'll tell you about all the side effects. That's like, yeah, that that has to do with vaccines too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's crazy. It is. It is. And, you know, the thing I like to remind myself at the end of the day, actually, uh, my partner Heather and I, we ask Jesus questions all the time to get clarity on these things. And oftentimes he just says, you need to do nothing. And then from that place, what uh, happens is the right actions arise, like like this radio program. I didn't really, you know, plan on doing it. It's just something that naturally arose. So when people think of the idea of non-effort or non-attachment, uh, sometimes they confuse it with uh, complacency, and that's not at all what it is. Um, it's just that you have to be in that place of stillness for a while in order for actions to emerge that are in alignment with all that is, and that requires some patience. In fact, the Course says it requires infinite patience. So we have to make a decision that we're going to choose love and that we're going to see through the lens of love if we really want to experience love and we want our actions to proceed from love. And uh, sometimes that involves looking at difficult things like what we're talking about right now. Yeah, and then you also kind of got to take into consideration like, um, you know, like even the Buddhists, you know, like Goenka of the Vipassana of the, you know, the meditation centers. You know, they say just observe, just observe. You know, if you have a craving or an aversion, just observe it. Don't try not to tie a feeling to your craving or your aversion. Don't be scared of it. Don't desire it. Just observe it. And even yeah. even back to like you said, like Course in Miracles or the Bible or Jesus or anything like that. 
I, I personally believe that um, the church has a very watered-down view and approach to dealing with religion. I believe that all of the religions of the world have very mystical aspects, very magical aspects to them that are being completely and totally ignored. I believe that they're all teaching a very similar message, that we've turned religion and God into a sporting team, and that, you know, and that that's caused diversions everywhere, and I believe that that is, is part of a plan, which is, you know, part, partially why I believe a lot of, you know, churches are tax-free institutions, because, you know, it's keeping the sheep in line when, of course, you look at, you know, the, the, the life of Christ. Christ was against politicians, religious institutions, and money lenders, a.k.a. banks. Well, we fast forward 6,000 years later. What is our biggest problem today? Politicians, religious <laughs> institutions, and banks. So no, it's kind of interesting. I would challenge uh, what you said there to say that it appears from the outside, from someone looking uh, and observing his story from the outside, because that's all we really have access to, that, uh, that he was against these things. But the truth of the matter is, he was actually just God in God, you know what I mean? So his actions just proceeded from a place of undoing whatever was needing to be undone. And what was needing to be undone at the time was uh, politicians and religious you know, zealots and people who were, you know, power-hungry tyrants and things of that nature. And he, and he did it through, uh, through metaphor and symbolism and parable. Yeah. And, um, he, and, and, and I don't think he really ever had an agenda. That's, that's the thing is, uh, he didn't really have an agenda. He just had a, he just had a, um, well, what the law of one says is he had a very direct connection to the logos and the, mm -hmm. what the logos is truth is uh, the, the, the expression of unity. So he was able to exp easily express unity. And uh, that's, that's, that's probably why they say that he was um, born of a virgin, because what they're referring to is a seedless being. So it means that uh, prior to uh, humanity, so his characteristics of quality his expression was not of this world that's why he says you know in the world not of it yes. now the, the really trippy thing that we come to find out mm -hmm. is that that is actually true for literally everybody yes the the only difference is that some people are very much invested in their i know mind so they're unable to experience the wonder and the majesty and the glory of i don't know and they don't realize that i don't know is the gateway to the place of pure wonder and to really experience the kingdom of heaven. Because in A Course in Miracles says, uh, heaven is a choice I must make. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know anybody who could disagree with that. Um, there's this song by 13th Floor Elevators, and it goes, and I'm here with a message and something you could do that the kingdom of heaven is within you and it is called um the kingdom of heaven is within yours isn't that the name of it let's see I like have you that heard thing. that song i have not but i'm looking it up right now oh, kingdom you, of heaven you want to listen to that song elliot nice. Yeah, I remember that they were in that 
uh, movie High Fidelity, John Cusack. Well, they were they were also uh, in the that TV show, which you should probably watch if you haven't, called uh, True Detective season one. Oh, nice! You oh, nice. have to watch True Detective season one, best TV show I've ever <laughs> seen in my life, and it is about satanic cults that lead really? directly to the government. Incredible! Wow. Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Well, uh, while we're on the subject of TV shows, the two that I highly recommend, and I never hardly even watch TV shows, are uh, Bates Motel and Mr. Robot. Those are the two. Uh, Bates, Mo- Bates things- Motel and what else? Uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Okay. Yeah, those are the two most incredible shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so highly recommend them to anyone. <laughs> And especially if you just ask the Holy Spirit or Source or whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter what you call it, you just say, uh, "Life, show me through this film what uh, what what this is really about. Like, what is the symbolism really revealing here?" And uh, I actually really want to give a shout out to uh, um, this guy David Hoffmeister, who's a, a Course in Miracles teacher. He actually has a website called um, Movie Watchers Guide to Enlightenment. And what he figured out was that you could sit down and watch movies with the Holy Spirit and it would uh, really transform your perspective because as you're watching the movie, it's like you're getting in touch with all these different emotions. And then if you're interacting with it through purpose, through unity, through God, then uh, it it creates this transformational experience. And uh, yeah, the most recent one he recommended was uh, Rocket Man, that movie about Elton John. So I'm going to go ahead and check that out at some point in time. Well, if there's a guy by the name of Jay Dyer, he wrote a couple of books called Esoteric Hollywood, where he goes nice. through and he does uh, breakdowns on the symbology and storylines of uh, many movies. And they're fascinating. He's got an incredible podcast, uh, the Jay Dyer. Oh, I think it's Jay Dyer podcast. I listen to it every once in a while. Um, he goes on Tim cool. Oil Hat with Sam Tripley and all those guys. Uh, but uh, he just breaks down the massive, massive amount of occult symbolism and ideology and stories in these Hollywood films. And uh, it's it's really fascinating. And uh, yeah, so, so a lot of people should check out Jay, Jay Dyer. Right on. Well, while we're on the subject of Hollywood... Um, I just want to say that uh, Bentino Massaro, he released a, or he shared a video, this guy, John Paul Rice, um, who made a film called A Child's Voice that Amazon had listed on their um, site, and they decided to take it down. And what's interesting is that, yeah, this movie is not a, it's not a documentary, but um, a film, actually, once again, about satanic ritual abuse and pedophiles. What's the name uh, of it again? So, uh, it's called A Child's Voice. A Child's Voice, okay. And um, uh, John Paul Rice, uh, you can look him up on Facebook, and uh, he has a video where he speaks at length about what's going on in the world currently and how, just like you and I were saying, these people uh, these people do not care about the common man. You know, they, they don't, they do not care um, it, it, about our well-being. Um and the, I, you know, I look at this not as something to get upset about, but to realize that these are sick-minded people, and what they need most is forgiveness. And I don't mean, uh, you know, turning a blind eye to their behavior. What I'm referring to is uh, what David Hoffmeister 
calls uh, quantum forgiveness. So basically it's the realization that um, nothing ever happens. And I don't mean that as a denial of uh, our feelings or anything of that nature. What I'm saying is um, when we believe that someone has done something and that they should pay for it, uh, it means that we're overlooking something within our own self. Um, that old saying from the Bible is, uh, remove the, uh, the, the plank from your own eye before you move the speck from your neighbors. And, uh, there's a lot of truth to this, but basically, um, what I want to say is that in quantum forgiveness, we come to the realization that the world can never give us what we expected it to. And by having this realization, we're able to forgive the entirety of the universe, the whole appearance, and realizing that we just had a tiny mad idea that uh, God could be separate from the source. And then we can laugh, and then we can not uh, take life too seriously. Um, and that means whatever it means for every person. You know, it's different for every person. So I just like to point back to the holy instant and the realization that what we thought happened didn't. And that's what this is, the appearance of the earth and um, bodies living and dying and plants dying and all of this type of thing, um, that it is all a symbol of, um, of guilt and death. And it's dressed up to look real beautiful. But really what we want to do is return to that place within ourselves that uh, feels like home and belonging. And that's what awakening is, is returning to that place within ourselves that isn't affected by the outer and uh, then helping others to do that too. So pointing to the fact that the kingdom is within and helping people realize that. And by the kingdom, I just mean uh, a paradisical state of being wherein it's realized that the world is not really our responsibility. I mean, we do what we can, of course, Yeah. but we can't, we can't fix everybody. We can't change everything, but what we can do is forgive everything. So back to get to that, uh, that quote again, Instead of uh, trying to change the world, uh, choose to change your mind about the world. Instead yeah. of trying to change your friends, choose to change the world about uh, your mind about your friends. And when we do that, um, and we dedicate our intention in that direction to that single pointed focus of awareness of forgiveness, forgiving ourselves, forgiving the dream of life, whatever we thought we were supposed to be or what it was supposed to become, forgiving the planet, forgiving the universe, forgiving everything. And uh, then we can really be of service. Yeah, I, yeah. I try to, uh, you know, when I, when I pray, when I meditate and pray in the mornings, I, I try to always say, uh, God, please help us forgive ourselves. Uh, please Beautiful. help the, you know, us forgive the world around us, and please help the world around us to forgive everyone. And I always say that in my prayers. Um, and it's funny because we met through Shastin. Shastin had said something to me. Um, while I was in Kauai, you know, before I left, uh, she said, if one of us doesn't make it, none of us make it, we, we, you know, and I, that always really stuck with me. I always thought that that was a really profound, you know, sentiment. And when I look at a lot of like what's going on and evil and darkness, I just kind of look at that as a teacher. It's a teacher. It's showing us something. And this being or whatever, this spirit or soul or whatever chose to uh, come here and take that burden a lot of times 
And when I look at people like Hillary Clinton or Bill Gates or these people, I also have to keep in my mind because of, you know, all the years of research, which a lot of other people, they're, they're not on board with this. They, you know, this is a conspiracy to them and, you know, but masks are going to save them and there's a pandemic even though there's no fucking death and sickness all over. You know, t to me, those are fucking conspiracies. But when I look at, like, people like Bill Gates and, and Hillary Clinton, what I see is adults that as infants were extremely abused sexually, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, and this is what they become. At one point, they were pure and innocent vessels of God, uh, you know, with angelic forces that would have worked through them, but they had the uh, misfortune of being born in these satanic, Canaanite, cult families, and um, they became these serial killer politicians that we see before us. And uh, so that's where that, like, the Christ consciousness of forgiveness comes through with me. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I think it's super helpful to uh, look at both levels like you are right now. And also, uh, if anybody can do the practice of just sitting down with Hillary sitting down with Donald Trump, sitting down. No, most people don't think of this, uh, just sitting down and having a conversation with them and uh, really seeing what their underlying motivation is, what they believe um, they're doing and why they believe that it's the thing to do. And to be pleasantly surprised to find out that their motivations are very similar to ours, just on a much larger scale, and they're just very distorted. Um, the law of one, it says, uh, you know, we amuse ourselves with these distortions, but it's not... It's by no means necessary. Um, and I was actually just led to this quote of human design. Um, be be I know before, you say, before you say the quote, I wanted to say something because I don't want to forget what you said was brilliant. Sure. That they may have the same uh, desires or goals as we have, which is very interesting because, you know, if you look at Christianity and Satanism, which are polar opposites— they have the same goals. They are working towards the revelation because to them, that is when their gods come and free them. So the Satanists believe that they're going to be free by their gods. The Christians believe they're going to be free by their gods. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's the same goal. It's just done in a very polar opposite type way. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're going to tell me a quote. Oh, no worries. Uh, I don't know how many people, if anyone listens, have heard of human design. Yeah, yeah but, I like uh, human design. Oh, yeah, I think you and I bonded around it. I'm a 5-1 like generator. When. I'm a fixed fate. Nice. I'm a 2-4 uh, manifesting generator cross of uh, penetration. What's your cross? I forget. I used to know all of it, man. Uh, oh, no worries. <laughs> yeah, but I, I... It's all good. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to say, um, for those who haven't heard of Raw, you can always go to jovianarchive.com and learn about uh, Raw. If you go to if you go to YouTube and type in "Encounter with the Voice," uh, Raw talks about how he came upon this information. But basically, for those who are listening, it's a divination system that is based on the I Ching, astrology, the Kabbalah, and quantum mechanics. And one of the things he says here that I was just led to. He says, think, 
think about how much energy you waste by assuming that this life is serious business. And I just want to consider for a minute that this is, you know, coming from somebody who spent their entire life uh, sharing to people about their inner authority, uh, how to access their inner authority, which according to human design is for each person an organ in the body for the majority of human beings. And then there are a few exceptions where, uh, like, certain beings have to wait a period of time before making a decision. But for the most of us, um, the majority, it is our gut response. Yeah, so sacral. Making a decision from the uh, from what Ra explained as uh, sacral authority, yeah. which is uh-huh and uh-uh response. And um, I just feel like it's very interesting that somebody who seemed really serious and dedicated a lot of their time to helping aw- uh, people awaken to the truth of what he called passenger consciousness. Sometimes people have called it the pure witness. Uh, that's what um, Nizir, people like Nizargadatta, Maharaj, uh, who came from a very non-dual background, called it, um, the or pure impersonal, personal being. Um, but I just find it interesting that this uh, topic comes up a lot. The um, taking life seriously and... Uh, it would just be really fun to look at this. Like, what does it even mean to take life seriously? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I definitely am guilty of that, you know, taking things <laughs> a little more seriously. I, I do joke around a lot. I'm super sarcastic, as you know. Um, and I love to troll people and bait people and tease people. Um, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, I used to get in trouble for teasing my siblings all the time. I was never a bully or anything to them, but I would tease them all the time. And oh. then I got older and I realized why I tease people so much. And it's uh, to help them think more critically and to to help them not fall for the trickery of the world around them. So, you know, if, if you're teasing or trolling you're also teaching people how to keep their emotions in check and um, not react you know some people are going to constantly fall for it unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that will constantly fall for the trickery and uh you know the the emotional baiting and and all that but you know eventually like my little sister who i teased her whole life now she's like super smart she's like smarter than most people I know her age and um, she doesn't fall for traps she's really you know she's successful she's got her path uh, she she she's always got a great personality she's always got a great view of things she throws a lot of my shit in my face and um, I'm I'm so glad because it's almost like uh, like she outsmarts me with my methods and I love it. It's like, Oh yeah, you got me. Oh dude. Good. One. Yeah. And I, well, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't agree with this. Sometimes people are really gung ho to not have any sort of sarcasm or anything. And, um, there's a place for that, you know, but what I have found is that there's a divine form of each of these things. And uh, I think as we transform more and more, we learn to utilize these expressions in a transformative and constructive way. Yeah. And uh, I'm not at liberty to say uh, what that is or what it's supposed to look like because I don't know. 
It's always changing all the time. But if it comes from the heart and it comes from a genuine intent to be of service, then chances are it's coming from a good place. And if it isn't, then it's probably not coming from a very helpful place. And uh, so I guess it's just a constant uh, transformation. We're looking inward, seeing if uh, the information we're uh, providing and how we're sharing things is kind and clear and concise, or if it's, uh, you know, a little bit distorted or scattered. And since we're human beings, we're going to, you know, have our messy days and Sometimes things may be a little distorted and scattered, but if our intention is to stay focused on the North Star, which uh, is just another name for source or um, spirit, then what arises out of us um, leads to our good, leads to everyone's good, leads to the highest and best for all. And I think that's uh, that's the best thing that we can do for, for anybody is uh, just show up. You know, show up in love, in um, honesty, as honest as possible, and 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 to uh, you know let go of the need to be right and realize that it's most important uh, that we're happy. But everybody has their own purpose. You know, I, I've said many years. It all depends on who you are and what you're here for. And I yeah. still resonate with that. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, so I'm, what, what was that? Oh, I was going to say, I don't know that, uh, I'm not in the place to say that Joe Biden is not playing his perfect role any more than I'm in the place to say that the Dalai Lama is not playing his perfect role. Uh, it's not really a matter of whether they're playing the perfect roles or not. It's about, looking at their behavior and seeing how I might be able to refine myself yes. by observing what they do and to learn to forgive those parts of myself where I find judgment. Yeah. So if I find judgment uh, towards a, uh, uh, Donald Trump or whoever, and uh, I think that that's outside of me, then there's an opportunity to look inside and be like, oh, actually, you know what? I have that characteristic in myself too. I can be a bit egotistical. In fact, according to human design, I have uh, the same gate as Donald Trump called the egotist. So <laughs> um, it is, uh, it, it's, it's a matter of coming to terms with that fact. You know? I'd be it's really the, interested in seeing his human design. Uh, Donald Trump's human design? Yeah, you'll have to send it over to me. Yeah, I, I have it right here. I'll, yeah, I'll that would be, that'd be awesome. Yeah, send it over to me, to, uh, message it to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I think that um, everybody has um, their their part to play, their path to walk, and that this is all in divine accordance with the laws of nature and the laws of, of the creator of all things. And um, that uh, sometimes we know, like you said, there's an uh-huh, uh-uh part in our sacral yeah. Sometimes we've got to know when to just be chill and enjoy. Sometimes we've got to take breaks from this this these, this work. A lot of this information is really heavy. I, I know I have to remember to take breaks from it. Sometimes <laughs> we have to fight really hard. Sometimes I'm off social media for a month or two at a time. Other times I'm hammering shit. Other times I'm off for days at a time. 
you know, sometimes I'm posting funny stuff, animal stuff, and other times I'm posting stuff like right now where I've been going through a phase where I just feel like we're kind of at an ideological war. We're kind of in, in like a spiritual me mental war warfare right now, psychological warfare, and I'm just kind of bringing, you know, what I know to the table. Um, Elliot, do me a favor. Let everybody know if if you desire where they can reach you, where they can listen to your music. Um, oh, sure, yeah. And uh, I'm going to have to wrap this up because i got to go to the tattoo shop and, and, and get some work in. But I want to oh, get no you problem. on again because I feel like this was an amazing fucking podcast. Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. Thank you so much. And perhaps uh, we could have me and uh, and Heather and you on. Um, my girlfriend, Heather Gregory, uh, perhaps we all three could be on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love that. <laughs> um, so I could be reached at, uh, let's see, my primary contact is on Facebook, Elliot Charles King. And uh, for some reason, that one has one T, E-L-L-I-O-T, Charles King. And then uh, my SoundCloud, Elliot Charles King, uh, is uh, is two Ts. <laughs> so soundcloud.com slash Elliot Charles King is where you can listen to music. And uh, I'm not really on Instagram at this time, or I'm not really active on Instagram. So I will just leave that one out for now. Facebook it is. So, yeah, again, thanks, man. I really appreciate getting you on here. And um, I'm going to upload this uh, probably as soon as we get off. And, yeah, uh, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll be in, in contact with you soon, and, and we'll, we'll have to do this all over again. And uh, hey, right on, get your, right on. Your, 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 your partner on here and uh, we'll, we'll dive down the rabbit hole of, of uh, conspiracy yeah. and consciousness again. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Okay. I just wanted to say a short prayer. Just ask the source to protect all of those who are doing the good work and focusing on what truly matters in life, which is uh, understanding the true meaning of love and then uh, living it and being it and acting it and that all who uh, listen to this program or um, have an interest in this topic would be, you know, blessed and receive revelation and insight and information that would lead them in the direction of more lightness and joy. Amen. Awesome. Amen. <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, that was awesome, bro. I second that. Uh, right on. Right on, man. And, Thanks uh, again. Yeah. Totally. All right, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, follow my show. Share with your friends. Take care. Love, healing, and truth.